Ooh, they're red, white, and blue. And good morning to you all. It's Kevin from the Historic Littlewood Theater Podcast. Today, the 3rd of July. Big one in Winslow Street Dance tonight. We've added another matinee show. Let's get right to the schedule, shall we? Because we've all got things to do and probably barbecues to attend and touch football games to play and dips and Puget Sound. I particularly like Blakely Harbor. It's a little bit warmer there for swimming, uh, for kayaking all the way around, and for wind sailing, uh, probably I could pass. So there's your tips for today on how to spend the 3rd of July if you feel inclined to come out to your favorite one screener, the Linwood Theater. If you feel inclined to come out and see a movie today, we're playing Asteroid City again. We're holding it over. It's going to run for three weeks, which is unprecedented for us. But then again, it is Wes Anderson and it is an oddball film. I'm sure you'll enjoy as much as I do. Let's give you the times right now because we have made a subtle change for Friday and into next week. So here we go. Today is Tuesday, the 4th of July, and I ain't no senator's son. It was nice to see the governor out here yesterday, but I'll get into more of that uh, detail in just a bit here. 425 and 645 are show times. Both of those are open captioned, and I believe that uh, it helps considerably because as you know, as you should know, as you will know after the viewing of Asteroid City, that Wes Anderson is big, along with Roman Coppola, his uh, assistant screenwriter. They are big on dialogue, and I do mean B-I-G big. So it comes um, in a staccato, rapid-fire fashion. It's machine gun-esque. And uh, a lot of times you miss a lot of that because you're processing what just happened, what was just said, as something else is just happening and just being said. So the open caption, the subtitling on Tuesdays, uh, gives you the opportunity to read along with it. And I know everybody is used to that. You do it at home, and and I do. So to see it on the big screen here, especially in this uh, format, I, I think helps considerably. So check it out. Those of you that are our Tuesday regulars know all about it and appreciate uh, both of those uh, uh, open caption screenings on Tuesday in conjunction with our senior Tuesday promotion, which is our best ticket price, our best entry price ever. It's nine bucks. Hmm. Let's throw that one back. Then on Wednesday, same schedule and the same schedule on Thursday, 425 for the matinee and 645 for the dinner show. Here's where we make the subtle change because on Friday, we go to 7 o'clock. So we start 15 minutes later uh, in a way of, to try and make it more beneficial, more easier for you to come out and watch the movie at 6. The days are longer now. We've got lots of things to do, but... If you want to watch the movie, and especially this one, Wes Anderson's phenomenal Asteroid City, next week starting on Friday, 425 for the matinee and 7 o'clock for the dinner show. Saturday and Sunday then, 2, 430 and 7. Okay, 2, 430 and 7. And then next Monday through Thursday, the 10th through the 13th, already middle of July, Whew, 4, 25, and 7 o'clock. Okay, got that? Should I try running through it one more time without uh, making any severe faux pas gaffes? Sure. 
Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's latest work, 104 minutes, it's PG, and rightfully so. If you want to bring your kids, that's fine. They may enjoy some of the visuals as far as it being cartoon-esque, shall we say. Uh, Wes's color palette is always a, a thing of beauty, and Asteroid City is certainly no exception. I'm going to get into a little bit of that here in a, in a minute. Today is the 4th of July, and I ain't no fortunate son. Mm-mm. 425 and 645. Tuesday is OCAP. Tuesday, in conjunction with our senior Tuesday promotion, best prices ever. Wednesday and Thursday, 425 and 645. On Friday, we make a change to the programming uh, for reasons that are mostly technical and I won't bore you with them at this time but on Friday the 7th of July we go to 425 and 7 o'clock is the starting time Saturday and Sunday the 8th and 9th at 2 430 and 7 o'clock and then next Monday through Thursday the 10th through the 13th at 425 and 7 o'clock okay notes on Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's latest uh, <clears throat> masterpiece. He's done so many of them, it's hard to label one as his capolavoro, his uh, major head work. But uh, this one, I, I think, is uh, particularly inspired. Um, I like, A, the dialogue, um, which makes then the open captioned on Tuesdays uh, extremely useful, utilitarian even, I am very fond of Wes's risk-taking and uh, perhaps groundbreaking use of camera movement. You will notice that uh, throughout the entirety of the film, he uses the movement of the camera, either a dolly shot, a pan, or a tilt, in order to change scenes. So you have, as an example, uh, three people talking. They're facing the camera. The camera is on person number one. That person delivers his or her lines, and then instead of jump cutting to the next person delivering their lines, the camera dollies, the camera moves from left to right or right to left in order to frame the next person so that they may facing forward deliver their lines. He uses it uh, with the trains, with the cars, uh, with all types of, uh, of movement and motion going from position point A to point B, and what it does is it uh, gives you a sense of fluidity that passing walls on the black and white play scenes um, moving uh, along with the characters in the in the painted desert uh, following the roadrunner and uh, I think this is a particularly uh, brilliant uh, use of uh, alternative uh, camera movements in order to again provide some fluidity and I think he achieves that phenomenally well it is abstract. It is flat. The characters do not, uh, you know, jump for joy. They are introverted. They are flat characters. They are nonplussed characters. They deliver their lines perfectly, yet without emotion. And this creates a, an atmosphere of contrast uh, between the the play the the writing of the play the movie of the play the characters in and out of the play into the movie back to the play so you need to relax a little bit don't grab the armrests in the theater and and try to follow everything verbatim word for word uh, let it flow a little 
little bit. And I think that that's a, a looser, more effective way to appreciate uh, Wes, uh, Wes's artistry here and the production of uh, Asteroid City. I, I truly enjoy it. Uh, another element of the production was the contrasting palettes of color. Certainly, we go from black and white, and uh, you will notice in the black and white that uh, Wes very effectively and his cinematographer uh, go, they push in and pull out of the play, the black and white play portions in order to, I believe, uh, ask you, invite you to become more engaged with the with the action, with the characters and what's taking place. I think it's extremely effective. And I appreciate his uh, use and experimentation of all of this process, in, out, left, right, up, and down. Everything you can do with the camera except spin it around in a 360, um, Wes does in Asteroid City. He is also taking another uh, super close look, microscopic look, if you will, at the subjects of grief and loss. Uh, this is the human condition, and, and I believe that uh, this is metaphorical to the point of saying these are all the things, the situations that we could inevitably end up witnessing live and in person ourselves. I'm as Wes, I'm going to show you here uh, a sample of what one of the extreme, uh, perhaps absurdist, possibilities are. And again, I think he does it phenomenally well. It's the human condition. The balcony scenes. Okay, did you catch all of that dialogue? No. How about open caption to make sure that you get it? Hmm, good idea there. Because my pictures always come out. <laughs> I believe this film to be a high art, uh, high art concept via artificial constructs because it's a play, a movie, um, the the philosophy, the theory, you know, the actors coming to life and and realizing their self awareness and saying, well, you know, now what do I do with this? And Wes takes us on a little joyride through the pastel painted deserts. I like this film a lot. Uh, I like the soundtrack a lot. Uh, it reminds me of the Coen brothers and their use of scoring and background tunes. Uh, it is um, uh, appropriate. It is fun. It is symbolic. It's ironic. And uh, all of these things wrapped up into some incredible performance by the who's who of Hollywood actors and actresses. I'm still in love with Scar jo, so she uh, <laughs> is there. Uh, Swartzman is incredible. Uh, Brian Cranston is the MC is marvelous and uh, so on and so forth. Folks, take my word for this one. Come check it out if you haven't already seen it. <clears throat> A couple of words of thanks. Yesterday, um, Sunday, was our event with Bill Marler and the the debut of his movie uh, based on the book, uh, based on his experiences defending um, innocent children from the um, viral bacterial infection of E. coli back in 1992. And in Seattle, Bill is a longtime Islander. He's a phenomenally gifted uh, lawyer, activist, uh, human being. He's a great person. We had a, a sellout show yesterday. Jeff Benedict, the author of the book, uh, came out from Connecticut along 
along with his family to to be here. And also Herb Weisbaum from Como TV, the consumer man himself, was up on the stage to act as MC. It was a fabulous event, full house, and uh, I think everybody walked away changed. You cannot watch this movie and not walk away as a changed human being. I highly recommend the book. It was a page turner. I stayed up late a couple of nights reading it prior to uh, my podcast with Bill uh, now a couple of weeks ago. So if you want to check that one out, please, uh, I invite you to go and listen to some of the background details that Bill Marler brought to the scene here and shared with us at the Historic Linwood Theater podcast. So thank you to Bill and to Herb and to Jeff and to everybody, to all of you that came out and spent some time with us on a spectacular Sunday afternoon yesterday. Also, lastly today, I'm going to get a little uh, personal with you here. You will have noticed for about the last month, I have been running, we have been running, uh, all of the studio-provided trailers for a movie that I feel particularly connected to, and I'll tell you briefly why, because in my screenplay, the one that I labored over (laughs) for 18 months or so, although it's been in the theoretical stages of pre-production for about five years. I finished it two years ago, and it's a World War II story that spans from 1942 to basically 1962. It takes place mostly in a small town in southern Oregon by the name of Brookings, Oregon. Uh, it, my star is a Japanese fighter pilot, and uh, he ends up dropping bombs, incendiary bombs, on the aforementioned small town of Brookings, Oregon, and uh, the war goes on. This is after Pearl Harbor. The war ramps up, and one of the side elements is the Manhattan Project and their rush to be the first to develop uh, atomic capabilities. And obviously, then I brought uh, Mr. Robert Oppenheimer into the play, uh, put some words into his mouth, and um, as well as Leslie Groves, played by Matt Damon in the film. And uh, I tell you what, folks, a lot of the Scenes that uh, we have have watched as far as the trailer uh, could have been stolen from my screenplay. I'm fairly sure that Christopher Nolan doesn't need my help for his film, but I tell you what, when I saw some of the trailers and some of the scenes that went up there, my first thought was, oh my God, somebody stole my screenplay. And since it is copyright protected in the United States Library of Records, I feel comfortable with that, but um, it struck me me is particularly, shall we say, ironic. Okay. So with all that being said, already feeling connected to this film, um, I was a little bit disappointed. Check that. I was greatly disappointed. Check that. I was damn pissed off when I found out on Monday that Oppenheimer was going to open up the street at the Bainbridge Cinemas. If ever there was a film that was created to open at the historic Linwood Theater, it is Oppenheimer. Why then would it go to the Bainbridge Cinemas, which is basically family orientation? You get all your Marvel comic, get your superheroes up there. I want the sophistication and the artistry of Oppenheimer here for you. So uh, in writing my letters and voicing my displeasure with that decision, um, I was told by our movie broker, we hire a person to do this, 
that the reason why is that uh, the studio, Universal in this particular instance, wants the biggest opening splash they can possibly create. So therefore, because the pavilion has 30 more seats than us in their largest auditorium, that seemed on paper to be the best bet. Um, I, I blew a fuse. I said, no, no, no. I said no a thousand times. It belongs here. Um, so I wrote a letter to my boss, to our marketing director, and um, started somewhat of a campaign. And here's the campaign. You know who should be in charge of movie selections for the historic Linwood Theater? Are you thinking along with me? Of course. I should be in charge of selecting the films that we show for you here at the Historic Lima Theater. Should I not? <laughs> I should. So I've started a little campaign, and here it is. It's called Let Kevin Decide, okay? L-K-D. And so I'm expecting, like, you know, pickets out in front and signs and, you know, maybe some kind of a, a street march. We'll close off both ends from, like, Crystal Springs Drive down to, I don't know, uh, Lytle Beach. And uh, so if we march back and forth and we create some signs and, and maybe I'll put up a lemonade stand in front of the theater, uh, let Kevin decide. That means I am willing, I am volunteering, probably uh, a gratis, because I'm not going to get paid for this, but I feel that I owe you the responsibility. I owe you the best job that I can do because nobody else is going to do it. Okay. Yeah, sure. We're going to get you know the the films that come out from the major studios, uh, and occasionally they're they're dynamite, and occasionally they're duds. But I I want to take responsibility for that, and I think I should. So I've started this campaign. It's let Kevin decide. If you feel likewise, you can make a comment on our Facebook page. Uh, you can call and leave a recording here on my machine, and I'll play it for my boss. Um, but I think you get the gist of what's going on. I am still now. Now, now, truth be known, I did get them to budge a little bit, and they said, as a result of my lobbying and my campaign, that you'll get Oppenheimer. Don't worry. Oh, well, when will I get it? Well, after it, it's played at the pavilion. <clears throat> I'll get Oppenheimer after it's played at the pavilion for two weeks. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I slam the phone down and go outside. And in the old days, I'd smoke a cigarette, but I don't do that anymore. Probably in the old days, I'd have a shot of whiskey too, but I don't do that anymore either. So I am left to use conventional political machinery in order to accomplish the objectives, which is that I volunteer, I demand that I am the one that chooses the pictures that show here for you at the Historic Lima Theater. Are you with me on that? Okay. Let your voice be heard. Tell me. Tell us. Because that's the only way it's going to fly, folks. They're not just going to give me the job and say, okay, you pick them. All right? It's, it's, doesn't work like that. I need you. We need numbers. We need somebody that's going to volunteer, somebody that's going to fight the the powers that be, fight Hollywood and its machinery, and bring you the movies that you want. And if ever there was one that you want, it is, it will be Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Guaranteed, folks. Okay, you know, a lot of the other stuff, it doesn't make any difference. In, uh, in the winter months, you know, we'll, we'll get the best of what's out there. Uh, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But every once in a while, a film comes along that I feel is perfect for our demographic, perfect for our theater, perfect for you. 
another example, Top Gun. We didn't get Top Gun. I played the trailers. Um, Top Gun belongs at the pavilion, all right? Doesn't belong here. Oppenheimer belongs here, not at the pavilion. Have I made my case thoroughly enough? Okay, that's all for today, folks. I'm going to leave you on that one. After it all is the 4th of July, and we should be happy and celebrating. Thank you so much for those of you that uh, follow the rules of no fireworks on Bambridge. Uh, my dogs just, well, you know. I got home yesterday after another 15-hour day, and all I wanted to do was just lay my weary head down and go to sleep. And what was I greeted with? That's right, bombs bursting in air from across the water, and sometimes I think that the folks over there in Brownsville and, and Kitsap County and Bremerton and Manette and everybody does it intentionally to rub it in our noses, but, um, you know, so be it. It's only one day a year, right? Sure, it started on Monday and will probably end on Friday as soon as all the fireworks on 305 are sold out. Because, you know, today's the day to buy them, right? They've already slashed the prices by 50%. Anyway, <laughs> have a happy and safe 4th of July, my friends. This is Kevin from the Historic Linwood Theater Podcast signing off here on Fortunate Sunday. Happy 4th of July. And remember, let Kevin decide. All for now, folks. God bless you. Ciao.